But sometimes the lava lake like crusts over. Right. And so you can't see the lava from like the main overlooks. Right. Which is what happened to us last time. They were like, oh, yeah, it just like stopped maybe a week ago. And we're like, <laughs> you gotta freaking be kidding me. Dang it. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like birds. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. So we're both sitting here laughing because our office chairs need to be replaced. <laughs> Just a little behind the scenes. John, so he has to get in position on his chair and then he like can't move for the duration of recording (laughs) because his chair is so squeaky. Oh my gosh. And my my chair, you know how you can like raise and lower them? Mm -hmm. These are regular office chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine no longer stays high. And so as I'm sitting in it, it's just like a little by little going (laughs) (laughs) like just going down, down, down. So I keep like dropping in elevation. Oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> it's so funny. I know. So we're both sitting here just like, oh man, we probably should get new chairs. I think we could do that to make ourselves a little more comfortable while we podcast. Right. So you don't hear creak, creak <laughs> every time I shuff, every time I move my feet or oh something like that. Oh my gosh, I know. And I know. And we're such animated people. Like if you could see behind the scenes. So John, when he laughs, like he laughs with his whole body. <laughs> and so you might be able to tell sometimes like he throws his head back when he laughs. And his anyway, his whole body is engaged in his laughter. And for me, I can't not talk with my hands. Right. Like when I'm doing video on Instagram and stuff, like I have to put my hands under my legs so that my hands aren't just like flailing everywhere. But when we're talking on the podcast, my hands are everywhere. She's always whacking the microphone stand. (laughs) (laughs) I do. So So anyway, that's us. That's us today. (laughs) But we are entering the time of year that... Really, I mean, you probably have already been thinking about this if you're wanting to get out and exploring the national parks during the winter. But like now is the time if you haven't been thinking about it or if you're just like staring down the long winter saying, maybe I want to go somewhere fun this winter to break it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So today's episode is about our favorite national parks to visit during the winter if you want to escape the snow. Right. These are warm weather escapes that kind you of. can yeah no, one of them <laughs> one of them we so it's a park we traditionally go to during the off season kind of winter months mm-hmm. but the past few years it's been cold there yeah so i'm like true. maybe this one doesn't count anymore i don't know we've been there when it's been super nice but it's it's been cold the past couple of years. So. And if you're wondering, it's not Grand Teton, which <laughs> fits in almost every episode, regardless of the characteristics that we're putting in. That one gets so cold. <laughs> but so anyway, so we'll talk about that. But yeah, for the most part, I would say 99% of the time, <laughs> these are good parks to visit 
if you want to escape the snow, be somewhere warm, be in a national park where actually the winter is the regular season, like the main season for that park right. in most cases. Yeah. So let's jump in. I'm really excited because my first... Before like, we do... Oh, no. <laughs> John slips me a piece of paper before we start, and he's like, this is for later. <laughs> I, have, I have a feeling. I, I'm pretty excited. I never know what's happening okay, when we're recording. So, so this is my thoughts regarding this experience. You know, you've just put yourself in January. Christmas is over. It's like January 13th, and you've still got X amount of weeks left of winter. Okay? In our case, it's like four more months. <laughs> Exactly. And so really, this episode should be a celebration because if you're going to a warm place, you're probably going south. And if you're going south and you're you're slowly as you're driving, it's slowly getting warmer and you're just you're just slowly getting happier and happier because you realize you're leaving the snow far behind you. You're heading towards the border. Things are getting warmer and it's just fun. Towards the border. <laughs> it's true. If we're heading towards Mexico, we know we're happy in, yes. in January. Oh my gosh, exactly. <laughs> Especially for us. As soon as we leave where we are in northern Utah, it takes us about five hours to get away from the snow. And then once we do, it's just fun from then on. We're just <laughs> celebrating. If we fly to, you know, somewhere in Florida or somewhere along the Gulf Coast or something like that, you know, it's just so much fun and we're still close to the border either way, you know. And so <laughs> I guess that's true. As long as we're not going north, we're going towards the right border. And so, <laughs> I thought whenever we're on vacation and we're in hotels, our kids end up watching Bluey because yeah. it's it's one of the shows that we're just it just seems to be on all now, the time. Now listen, we're not the parents that watch Bluey without our kids. Right. We know people do that and we've got friends that do that and I can't think of an instance when I would ever willingly sit down and watch a kids show without my children. <laughs> yes. But Bluey is one of those shows where it's like Okay, this show doesn't bother me. Yeah. There's some really annoying children's shows. Yes. Oh, Bluey my gosh. Bluey is not one of them. So, yes, Bluey does find its way on to our hotel TV quite often because <laughs> it's the one show that John and I are like, all right, this is not too bad. And because I think sometimes parenting situations are pretty funny. And so I enjoy it. But in Bluey, if you're a fan of Bluey, you know that there's something called dance mode. And so if one of the kids says dance mode, they have to stop everything that they're doing and dance. And it's really fun. And there's this one spot where the dad is like in the middle of the street and his daughter says dance mode. And then he's like looking at all the cars and everybody around. I'm doing this because I love my kids. <laughs> and it's really funny and it's really cute. And he just starts dancing. I was thinking we should have our own version of celebration dance mode during this episode, but here's the rules. At any time, one of us or both of us can turn on our Latin dance mode by doing this. <laughs> and the only way that it can stop is if the person reads one of those Spanish phrases that I wrote down on the paper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a weird... So most likely it's just going to be me starting our Latin, <laughs> starting so. our Latin dance modes, and then you get to hear Ash speaking in Spanish that have been 
provided by my ninth grade Spanish class, basically. And so I don't are... speak Spanish, so right. like not even a word. They're very basic. I learned when I went to Peru, like all I ever said was like, no gracias for, for all the people trying to get me to buy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no gracias, no gracias, no gracias. No gracias. That's so funny. All right. So let's practice. Yo, yo, bebo to bebos el bebe. Nailed it. <laughs> oh, come on. This is so fun. I don't know what any of these mean. Okay. Exactly. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. So let's jump in. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about parks. Okay. Sounds good. Me too. Okay. So park number one is truthfully, like it's a park I never was like that excited to visit. Yeah. And we went there one time and we're just like totally blown away. Oh, it was so I great. I love this park. I love it. It's one of my favorites. And it's huge. Yeah. It's massive. There's so many places and ways to explore it. And it's the hottest place on earth. It is. <laughs> it is. So we're talking about Death Valley National Park. And Death Valley, like I said, like it just used you see it and you're like, I don't know. It's just like, it's the hottest, lowest, driest place. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It just like wasn't that enticing to me. And then we went, the first time we went, it was just like, wow, holy smokes. Yeah. There's like so much to do here. It's very different depending on where in the park you are and just being somewhere that is so, I don't know. It's like you're staring your life in the face. A little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it's so harsh. Yeah. It's like you're in this landscape where basically nothing can grow. Right. And hardly anything lives there and stuff. But at the same time, when you look closer, you're like, you know what? Actually, things are like carving out a life here. Yeah. And and I don't know. I just like, I feel like I'm staring at my humanity going like, all it would take uh -huh. <laughs> for this park to like decimate me <laughs> is is very little. <laughs> oh man, the car breaks down or the road gets washed out and then all of a sudden we're alone in the California desert. Yeah. And it's like we've got to make our way hundreds of miles to the closest town. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. it's in the middle of nothing and it gets so hot. So hot. Yeah. You know, 128 degrees or something. Yeah, it I was think, so hot. I think hot. the record was... In the year 1913, it reached like 134 degrees. My gosh. At Furnace Creek. Do you and know what that feels like? Because I've been to Las Vegas when it's like really hot in mm -hmm. the summer, which I don't recommend. <laughs> but walking down the strip in the middle of the summer in Las Vegas, it's probably like 100. I was probably like 110 degrees or so right. when I was there. And you can literally look at your skin and see it frying. <laughs> So to add another like 20, 25 degrees on top of that is just insanity. Right. And so if you visit Death Valley during the summer, you are insane. <laughs> uh, though it is a cool experience to have just like once, just to go for a couple hours. Right. But this park is a winter park. Its main season is November through March. That's the best time to be there. That's when everything's open. That's when things are up and running. That's when you can camp and you can hike and you can do all the things. Mm -hmm. So you will want to be here during the winter if you're wanting to experience this park to the fullest. Oh, absolutely. And it's really interesting because this park in the wintertime almost has its own culture because 
the campgrounds, a lot of the campgrounds are pretty much just parking lots that they can kind of expand and shrink down depending on how many people are there. And so sometimes people will stay for weeks and weeks and maybe even months. It's so interesting. Like the first time we were there, we met this guy, his name was Mike, and he was just there in his his little pickup truck and he had his little tiny one person trailer. I don't remember what it was called, but it was really teeny and he was there and he spent the whole time there with us. And then we left and we came back the next year and he was in the same spot. He was still there. (laughs) What the heck? It was so funny. It was like, did you stay here the whole time? Apparently what he does is he works as like a guide during the summer months and other places, but then he just spends his entire winter in Death Valley. Yeah. And we saw him at some of the restaurants and he was just like chilling with the crew, man. He had everybody, all of his buddies and every, there's a whole bunch of people that just like spend all winter there. And it's not a bad place to be. I mean, it is very remote and stuff, but it's one of the largest national parks. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that is it, is behind Yellowstone. So for the contiguous United States, we don't include Alaska. Right. Alaska doesn't count. <laughs> um, the contiguous United States, it's the second largest park behind it's, Yellowstone. Yeah, it's so huge. it's huge. Millions of acres. Plenty of space for people to spend tons of time there. What's your favorite thing to do there? I think my favorite thing is Mosaic Canyon. Mm. That is such a fun hike. Mm-hmm. And so... It's on... It's by Stovepipe Wells. By Stovepipe mm-hmm. Wells. You take this dirt road up the mountain, and it's a fun dirt road. Let's just put it that way. And it's always under construction. There's a lot like. of dirt roads in Death Valley, too. I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yes, it's true. because so the ro- having, having a good vehicle actually grants you a lot more access to the park. Yes. And so you drive up this dirt road, you get to this canyon, and you go through it. And it's like this really pretty slot canyon at parts of it and so it's just really gorgeous you see all different kinds of rocks you see some really slick rocks you see all different colors and it's just a really neat place to explore and some places it's a little wider some places it's really narrow and so it's just a really cool place to find yourself in death valley and it can be kind of cooler because sometimes the canyons are a little bit cooler than the main valley Mm -hmm. what's your favorite part of the park to explore I have too many. I really do. So I love Badwater Basin because that's the lowest point in Death Valley. Mm -hmm. So you just got to go there. Right. It gets really busy. It's not probably my favorite, but it's just one of those things that it's like you're standing there and you're like, I am almost 300 feet below sea level right here. It's crazy. Yes. I really like Dante's view because I think that view is super cool. I love Zabriskie Point as well because I think that view is super cool. Yep. I think though... Probably the funnest thing that we did that we have ever done in Death Valley is Titus Canyon. Yeah. That and was so cool. Yeah. So that's another like dirt road that you take and it just it travels through like old ghost towns and it takes you through like a slot canyon for your car mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But unfortunately, Death Valley and and even now at this time of recording and for this upcoming winter season, 2023 to 24. They have been pounded yeah. with flash floods. Yeah. So Titus Canyon got just totally flooded. I don't even think you can drive that right now. But they actually just barely reopened Death Valley like <laughs> a couple weeks ago from all these flash floods that just totally 
ruin the roads. Yeah. So that one, I mean, maybe if you're trying to think of somewhere to go for this year, I would probably skip Death Valley this year because they are still putting roads back together. Yeah. But it seems like almost every year, every other year, some type of flood comes through and just washes stuff out. Yeah. It's it, been the past few years. They've had not, some big floods. Yeah. And it's not that hard because there's very little vegetation to hold the soil in place. So if they get even just a little bit of rain, then it can do some serious damage. Hold on. Keep going, Ash. You got to keep That's going. That's all I can do. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, donde esta la biblioteca? Mi amo ti, bon, la arano discoteca. Juan Comanzanas. What does that mean? What am I saying? You said John eats apples. Oh, nice. Nice. He does. Our apple trees were really, we just harvested all the apples off our apple trees. Oh. And they're really good. Yeah, and I'm going to make a pie this weekend. Didn't you just feel like you were celebrating? Yeah. <laughs> you're heading south. Oh you're heading gosh. the warm weather. <laughs> Speaking of heading south, let's go pretty much as far south as we can go for our next park. Yeah. This park. And actually, you do go into Mexico when you're in this park if you want to. If you have that added spice, if you want to add spice to your life. Yes. And don't tell them what it is yet because they have to figure it out from my best dad joke that i ever made up <laughs> oh boy okay it's about the national go. parks all right which national park is the best at yoga big bend what <laughs> nailed so it nailed it is it. so good that is one of your better jokes <laughs> unfortunately yes let's talk about big bend national park because i again like i feel like some of these warmer weather national parks the ones wh- that you go to during the winter are typically parks that I'm just like not that excited about mm-hmm. until I've gone and seen it. And then I'm like, Psh, I want to go there every winter. Yeah. And exactly. Big Bend is one of those for me. Like Big Bend, the first time we went there, again, it was just like, no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this place is so cool. Oh, it's awesome. And I think a lot of these desert landscapes are kind of, you know, they, they don't excite you before you go. It's just like, well, I'm just going to the desert. You know, it doesn't seem like that exciting. But what's so cool about some of these off-season parks is that you get to go to them when a lot of the plants are flowering. Mm -hmm. And so it's really unique. And and a lot of times you get there and and the air is really floral, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. You see these cactuses and you see all these interesting plants that have really pretty flowers on them. And the wildlife is a little bit more active, too, when it's a little bit what, it's to, cooler for that part yeah, during exactly. the winter. Yeah, it's a really that's when neat, life happens. <laughs> yeah, it's a really neat experience to be there during these times. And it's coming from the snow. It's warmer for us, but it's cooler for them. And, it, and it's just a spectacular time to be there. Okay, so here's the thing about Big Bend. In case you don't, if you've not heard of Big Bend, it's at the bottom of Texas, like the bottom of West Texas. So Texas keeps going down. If you go further east. Right. But for West Texas, you're right at the bottom. And the Rio Grande River goes through this national park. And half of the Rio Grande River is in America. And the other half is in Mexico. Where is it at? (laughs) Donde esta el aeropuerto? (laughs) Where's the airport? Nailed it. Very good. There is none by Big Bend. (laughs) 
for the record. There's nothing there. But yeah, so half of the river that goes through this national park is Mexico. Right. So you're literally, you are on the border between the U.S. and Mexico. And the main time to go is like October through April. That's the main season. That's when you're going to want to be there. Because again, during the summer, it is bloody hot. Oh, crazy It gets hot. so hot. And in fact, we've been there several times in March and we've hit heat waves that are just stifling. Like oh. It's just like, I can't be here right yeah, now. <laughs> we, actually, we actually had to flee the park because it was so hot. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> that in one of our Funny Park Stories episodes this summer. And it is a funny story. So go check that out. <laughs> but we were just here. We were just in Big Ben this past March. And I was taking video of us driving like down one of the dirt roads. And so I was hanging out the window. I like had my whole body out the window taking this video and it smelled amazing. Yeah. Like that was my favorite memory from this past time at Big Ben. I was like, I have not smelt the flowers here like that. Yeah. It was amazing. There were so many cool plants. The ocotillos were flowering. The yuccas were flowering and had fruit on them. It was just, it was so cool. So what's your favorite thing to do in Big Bend? My favorite thing to do in Big Bend is Santa Elena Canyon. Yeah, that's pretty much the main thing yeah. to do. You don't not do that when right. you're there. <laughs> exactly. But it's so cool. So Santa Elena Canyon, and I don't know, there's just something about the Rio Grande River that's just so romantic in all the best ways. Well, we so we're big on Westerns. Yes. I, and I should say, I'm not big on Westerns. I've got a few of my favorites. Right. But I think being by the Rio Grande like reminds me so much of Lonesome Dove, which is my favorite Western oh, of time. Yes. I love that you brought up Lonesome Dove. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. You can't beat it. There's not one better. No. If you know of one better or you think one's better, send us a message. Dirtinmyshoes.com slash podcast. Uh-huh. But I dare you to think of a better Western <laughs> than Lonesome Dove. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, in Lonesome Dove, Gus and oh, I, I'm blanking on her name right now. But Lori? Who, oh, oh. No, the lady. The other lady? The lady that lives up in Ogallala. Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston, <laughs> yes. So Gus. Whatever her real name is. What's yeah, her real exactly. name? Oh, my oh, God. I can't remember it. Oh, if, you, if you're a Western fan. You uh, just you, watched that like a month ago. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not Laurie. No. Even though she's great. Diane Lane is really good in that. But when Gus and Angelica Houston were courting... This is before the film actually takes place. They spent a lot of time, I think it was at a pecan grove along the Rio Grande River, mm -hmm. I think. And so yeah. it's just, so, it's the perfect location. It's so fun. And Santa Elena Canyon is a canyon that just has those high steep walls with the Rio Grande going through it. You can hike through there, which I highly recommend. This past time we hiked through there, we had to wade through like chest deep water. Yeah. We had to wade through the Rio Grande. Which was so cool. To, to actually do the hike, which has never happened before. The water levels were just so high this year. Well, it's never happened before for us. Right. <laughs> it, it might happen to other people. <laughs> but so that was really cool. Since we're talking about going south, there is a border crossing in Big Bend. Like an actual border control. Right. Where you officially go across the Rio Grande River. And uh, you have to go through customs and everything. Yeah. And you can go into Mexico. There's a little town over there, Boquillas, where you can 
buy souvenirs and get some good Mexican food. And we love doing that too. It's really fun. Yeah. It was really neat. We do get questions about, I do get this question a lot about Big Bend is like, how safe does it feel? And honestly, like I've never felt unsafe there. It was wonderful. Yeah. We've been there. We've been there a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, our kid has ridden a donkey from the river all the way to town. Yeah, you can you pay people on the Mexico side. They're waiting there for you to cross the river and they'll take you up to town on a donkey if you want or you can just walk. We walked, but we had our kids ride the donkey, which was really fun. It was cool. And then you so, get into town and you have some awesome food. Yeah. And you can buy some trinkets, you can buy some some souvenirs while you're over there. And that's what they actually do recommend that you do is that Because sometimes people do cross the border and go from the Mexico side to the American side. and They'll leave their trinkets for you to buy like along some of the trails and stuff. So like, you know that they've been there. You're not supposed to buy those from them that way. Like if you want trinkets from Mexico, you need to cross the border legally and go over and get your trinkets. Right. But with a passport, like it's not a big deal. We've never felt unsafe. The park itself, like we've never felt unsafe and we've camped right down there by the Rio Grande and stuff. So I do get that question a lot. So it's worth mentioning. But honestly, Big Bend is one of my favorite like surprise parks. Where yeah. It's just like you get there and you're like, I just did not think I would love this as much as I do. Yes. Oh, it's so cool. It makes you just feel like Tommy Lee Jones. And, <laughs> you, you do. <laughs> You do. I'm telling you, if you love Lonesome Dove, like you'll get down there and you'll be like, I can see Gus ranching right there when they cross into Mexico and the movie and stuff. Like it just, it feels that way. Exactly. We don't rent pigs. (laughs) Another park that is close to Mexico, park number three, Saguaro National Park. Oh, I love Saguaro National Park. It's so good. It has so much good food there. So much good food. Our southern tour of the parks usually revolves around all the Mexican food you can get in oh these areas. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Mexican food and music. <laughs> all right, what's next on my list? <laughs> Buenos noches, mama. <laughs> We're having nice. a party over Buenos here. Buenos noches, mama. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Saguaro is in I mean, it basically like it hugs the city of Tucson, Arizona. Right. And Tucson is down towards the bottom of Arizona. It's kind of the main big city down there at the very bottom of Arizona. Right. We go to this park. It's more of a a city park because Saguaro is split into two sections. You've got the west and the east side and you've got the city of Tucson in the middle Right. And so it doesn't feel like it's not rural. (laughs) Right. You're right there in town. Well, and from a lot of the viewpoints that you might hike to, you can also, like a lot of the viewpoints, you're overlooking towns. Yeah, you'll see stuff. Yeah. But I mean, you're really there to celebrate those just magnificent giant cacti. (laughs) Oh, the great symbols of the West. Yeah. But it's so cool. And the park is one of the only national park units specifically set aside for a plant. The Saguaro yeah. cactus, there was a period of time where there was, I don't know if it was a, a series of cold snaps or, or what was going on, but there was a, a significant push where people were like, 
we have to set something up to protect this awesome plant because it's such a big symbol of the area. Well, and I can imagine too, as Tucson grows, mm-hmm. they would have been moving into all of that habitat. Yeah. I mean, they already are. There's already houses just right outside the national park boundaries. Yeah. Right and there and stuff. So it's nice that it's protected. There are so many cactus in yeah. that area. And, and not just the saguaro cactus either. It's kind of incredible. I'm so glad that they protected both of these sections of the park, the east side and the west side, because it's amazing. There's just something. I don't know if it's elevation. I don't know if it's water or what, but these specific spots... Like as soon as you go in or out, you actually notice a difference. It's not like they just arbitrarily drew a line and were like, let's protect the cactuses in these areas. These two sections, the east side and the west side of Saguaro, are actually like, they're the the most fertile ground for all different kinds of these cactuses. And so you'll see Saguaro, but you'll also see Choya cactuses and all the different kinds of Choya. Choya, barrel, yes. uh, prickly pear, you've got... Oh my gosh, so yeah, many. And then like, you'll see really cool ocotillos yeah. and, and palo verdes and all of these different plants. And it's it's it looks so lush. It's a really unique place to visit. Peril everywhere, obviously, <laughs> because is. Every, everything is just trying to kill you in this park. And it's just... It's well, really if the cactus funny. don't get you, the rattlesnakes will. Oh, yeah. It's so it's so. There's true. so many things. <laughs> There's so many things, but it's really fun. And it's different because it is right next to Tucson. And so you can stay a little bit more comfortably. You know, it's like there's nice places to stay all around Tucson. And right. then you've got all the restaurants and everything. And so it's different. It's a different national park experience, but one that is so good, especially during the winter. Oh, yeah. And I, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a cooler western sunset. Oh, than... we the sunsets off the west side of the park, mm-hmm. they're phenomenal. Yeah. Like <laughs> around phenomenal. sunset, we'll just go to the visitor center or walk along like the Desert Discovery Trail or something like that. And as the sun goes down, it's just so unique. It's so neat to just be like, this is what it was like. With Catherine Zeta-Jones and Antonio Banderas and Zorro, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just so cool. You know, you're right there. It's just, it's fun. It is. What's your favorite thing to do in Saguaro? I really like the, I like the Desert Discovery Trail a lot. I think that's really cool. That's but a really I, nice, easy one. It's so easy. Yeah. And you just get to see all of these different, and, and it helps you identify all the different cactuses. I guess I should say, do you like the East or the West Side better? I like the west side better. The west side has more saguaro cacti. Right. But they're not as old. Right. So you get totally different experiences in yeah. each side. Yeah. It's true. The west side, I think, is perfect for like if you just want to see, again, sunsets and like ton of saguaros. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think because it's a little bit further removed from Tucson than the east side, because the views that you can get on the west side are a little less city. And golden hour? Well, so the the views you get, they're more deserty. Right. You know, you're looking out at the desert that has not quite been built out yet or right. whatever. And then you just see like tons of cactus everywhere and and the golden hour views are just awesome. The east side, so the east side has bigger 
saguaro. Yeah, instead of having like two arms like the traditional saguaro cactus, you'll see some that have like 18 arms Mm -hmm. and it's just so cool. Yeah, and on that side too, you have better like mountain views. You have better mountain hiking and mountain views. You'll just see less cactus. There's not as many saguaro over there, but they're massive. Like the ones that you do see are really big in most cases. So it's totally different. I like to spend one day on each side because it's a different experience on both. So, right. And then when you're in the middle, when you're in Tucson, you have to go eat Sonoran hot dogs. Right. Oh, yes, you do. You have to. If you've, if you've ever thought of a bacon-wrapped hot dog with beans and spicy salsa, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> we go to Tucson just for the Sonoran hot dogs. Saguaro's <laughs> the afterthought. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The other fun thing, too, about this area is, again, if you just, like, love the Old West, Mm -hmm. we always add in Tombstone, Arizona, when we're in that area, too. Yes. It's like an hour, hour and a half from Saguaro. But Tombstone, I mean, talk about the Old West. I'll be your huckleberry. It's the best. It's so fun. (laughs) So, that's where you have the OK Corral, and they do shootouts there, like... Not real ones. What? I know. What? It's still the Old West. But no, so the shootouts that you can go to and stuff are just really fun. And the downtown area is really fun. And Boot Hill Cemetery is so cool. It is. The whole area, it's just got a really unique, It's first of all, it's probably the most well-known Western town, the Old Wild West. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows about the OK Corral. and It's been in movies and all of it. So, yeah. It's just, it's iconic. Yes. And so if you're down there, you might as well spend some time getting some Val Kilmer memorabilia. Memorabilia, exactly. <laughs> Souvenirs. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah. It is fun. So we really like that one. That's a favorite stop during the winter months. November through April typically is your season to go to Saguaro without dying of heat. So we love being down in that area. Speaking of Zorro, did you ever notice that Antonio Banderas didn't have a Spanish accent? You know what? It's been so long since I've seen that movie. No, I I watched him with the boys not too long ago. And I was watching and I was like, wait a second. Everybody else has to have the right accent. But for some reason, he didn't have one. Which I feel like I guess, doesn't wait, did he... I say Anto- did I say Antonio Banderas or Anthony Hopkins? You said Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Antonio Banderas does have one. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, but like, doesn't he naturally have one? Like, that would be weird. <laughs> that would be weird. Even in Spy Kids, he had one. No, I'm talking, I meant, I meant Anthony Hopkins. Oh. The original Zorro. Oh, okay. Yes, he didn't have a Spanish accent, but I, it was just like, I was watching, I was like, how come I'm buying this? <laughs> I guess it's because... He's a nobleman and we just, he's like, I got a British accent kind of a thing. Like, what the heck? That's funny. Didn't make any sense to me. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I'll say, I'll say a line from my favorite Spanish teacher, Senor Chang from the office, from community. No. Come on, people. Come on. Hands, people. It's 90% of Spanish. That's funny. Oh. My name is Chang, and I'm so ill. I can't be killed. This is a warning. It's so good. He's community. my favorite Spanish yeah. teacher oh, of all boy. time. Senior Chang from Community. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> all right. Park number four is the park that is a little bit iffy. <laughs> if you're looking for warm, 
but this is Zion National Park in Utah. And we, okay, so we're Utahns. Yep. <laughs> and we've been to Zion lots of times. And the main season in Zion is the summer. Oh, yeah. That's when it's the busiest. That's when everybody goes. I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why everybody goes there in the summer because it is so hot. Oh, it's crazy. It's like an oven. And we've got all the red rock. So you've got the heat coming from above and all the red rocks just soak up that energy and then just shoot it back at you. And oh, so it's hot from it's, all angles. It's miserable. <laughs> it's miserable. If you go during the summer, fine. Like you're in good company. There's a lot of people that go in the <laughs> summer. But for me, like off season is where it's at in Zion. Right. The weather is better. There's not as many people. It's not so hot. Mm -hmm. And so we really like to go. This is one where like if you're wanting to go in the middle of winter when it's like really snowy everywhere else, you'll get to Zion and you'll be like, nah, I'm still a little bit cold. Right. I'm still <laughs> um, wearing a jacket. There's and pants. still some snow up in the higher reaches like Angel's Landing. The higher parts of that trail a lot of times will be iced over and stuff. So like there is snow, there is ice. Typically down in Zion Canyon, down at the bottom of the canyon, you don't usually have lingering snow. Right. Usually you can still hike those trails and, and stuff. As I mentioned, like the past couple of years, I feel like they've been getting a lot more like snow, yeah. snow that's been staying. <laughs> yes, it's been <laughs> so pretty like, chilly. What the heck's going on down there? I don't know. <laughs> but over the past... 12 years that we've been married. I mean, we really like going in either like November. Mm -hmm. November is really nice. You can still hike the Narrows in November if you have like more of the full suit. Right. <laughs> and that's awesome. I mean, because there's just not that many people there. Or we'll go in like February when the snow up here is just killing us and we just want to go somewhere a little bit warmer, but closer to home. See a color besides white. Yeah. 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 And and February, a lot of times you'll get like really nice, like 60 degree bluebird sky days in it, Zion. So February is really nice. If you go kind of in between, if you're like December, January, that's when you probably will get some of the colder temps and, and a little bit more snow in the higher parts of the park. Right. It's kind of funny. As I look back through a lot of our photos and things like that, Sometimes it's hard for me to find pictures where the trees have leaves. I know, because <laughs> we love the off-season in Zion. It is so nice. I just like, I'm thinking, everybody that goes to Dirt in My Shoes is going to think that Zion has just dead trees everywhere, <laughs> you know? But, but promise you, it's, it's very much alive. It's just, we prefer the off-season when the leaves have already fallen. We do. And that's why it's on this list, because it's like, if you're just wanting to go somewhere that's warmer, like that's not covered in snow... And be at a park that is kind of miserable during its main season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then Zion is great for that. It's so much quieter. The weather still typically stays pretty nice. And you're just having a totally different experience in this park than you would if you went during the summer. Right. So we are off-season people for Zion National Park. It is the best time to be there. Yes. That's what I think. That's why it's still on our list. I just can't take it out yet because I'm like, I love going to Zion in November yeah. or February. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. So I don't see that changing in our future that much. No, no, <laughs> except to get some, maybe, like you said, some pictures of trees with leaves. <laughs> we may need to go update our photos. But I'm telling you, you will not find me there between the months of June and August, because I do not do well in that extreme heat. If we do go, you'll find her hiking 
somewhere between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. <laughs> when the, the heat has not quite risen above the 90 on the Richter scale. It's true. You On the Richter but scale. The, <laughs> yes. 90 on the Richter scale. That would We'd be crazy. We'd all be dead. Yellowstone um, supervolcano yeah. just blew up. Yeah, it's true because... I just feel like there's something wrong with a place if it's already 90 degrees by 8 a.m. Yeah. Like, that's not a place I like to be. So <laughs> so that's why we like Zion National Park in the off-season. That's why I will try to convince you, even if you're a first-time visitor, like going the last week of October or the first part of November yeah. or kind of like the last part of February or into March a little bit. You can still do pretty much everything yeah. at that time of year, but it's so much quieter and the weather is so much nicer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will try to convince everybody to like skip Zion in the summer and go during the shoulder and off season. It's so nice. Right. That was the one park that doesn't really fit in the list, but it does because it has to. Because <laughs> it's the best in the off season. Okay. Jumping to park number five. Yeah, we're going back to Cali. Yeah, going back to California, just a couple hours from Death Valley. We'll usually do this park and Death Valley in the same trip. Even though they're not even that close because no, California not. is huge. <laughs> but they're within striking distance, so we make it work. <laughs> exactly. um, this park is Joshua Tree National Park. Yes. Oh, and this is such a it's, a, it's another one of those parks that was set up for the protection of a specific plant. It's so cool. It's true. I never thought of that. Probably more of the winter parks are set up for specific plants. Yeah. Huh? Well, Joshua Tree is so interesting. They're because, fragile. Yes, they are. They are <laughs> fragile. And we're actually doing some episodes on Joshua Tree in the coming weeks. And so you'll learn a little bit more about the history of that and why they were set up. But, but you're exactly right. I mean, a lot of these especially here with the Joshua tree, it was like, we're developing, we're mining, we're doing lots of things. We got to hurry and set up some boundaries and protect this stuff because yeah. these Joshua trees live in specific areas. They, they live in the Mojave desert and things kind of have to have the right conditions in order for them to thrive. And so Joshua tree national park is just one of those places where these amazing plants can thrive and they're so fun to see. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more in the fun facts episode, but Talking about conditions and where the Joshua trees can grow, uh -huh. even within the national park, you will see the line <laughs> yes. where they are no longer growing because yeah. the conditions changed. And so half of the park has Joshua trees and the other <laughs> half does not yeah. because you're in a different desert. Yes. When you get to the half that doesn't have Joshua trees, it's because they don't grow there. The conditions are different. The desert is different. Yeah. So it is, it, it's really cool. I would say Joshua Tree for me, actually, the first time we went there, I love Joshua Trees. I think they're very cool. But the first time we went there, I was like, ah, I don't know about this place. <laughs> this park is one that for me has been more of an acquired taste. The mm. more that we've gone back and like, I set up my expectations accordingly. Right. And so when I go into this park, I know what it's going to feel like. I know what it's going to look like. I know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to appreciate things more the more that I go back. Right. I think, yeah, especially if you're a connoisseur of mountain hiking and you like a lot of greenery and things like that, then adjusting your expectations for a 
desert ecosystem is a great idea. But also the way the park feels. And I'm not going to go into that right now. We'll talk about that in our exploring episode because that's a big part of it. And that's what time and time again, I think people are like, "Ah, it was okay. Yeah. And I I hear people with that reaction a lot. And I just want to say like, if you can do it right the first time or go in with the right expectations and kind of know what to expect, you'll like it a lot more. Right. So you don't have to keep going back like as many times as we've been going back. (laughs) But yeah, so Joshua Tree is one of those. I mean, it's again, like it's not that far from some pretty big population centers. Yeah. You're right outside of Palm Springs, California, which is a very nice place to visit in the winter. Actually, it's so nice. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. My, My dad grew up he actually went to Indio High School, which is right there in the Palm Desert, Coachella Valley, all that area. So it's a very fun place to be. But it's kind of funny. Every time I tell my dad, we're going to Joshua Tree, he's like, why? I know. <laughs> why would you go back there? <laughs> um, but we will convince you Yes. in the Joshua Tree episodes. So stay tuned. My favorite thing to do in in Joshua Tree. And I think when this park like really came alive for me Mm -hmm. was not only like driving through and seeing the Joshua Trees, because that's super cool. Just Joshua Trees are so cool. Yeah. But when we went rock climbing in Joshua Tree, because that is the main thing to do in this park. Yeah. It's like the big thing to do. Right. And we finally did it. And after that, it was like mind blown. I love this park. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. It's so much fun. This is the high adventure that I crave at Joshua Tree Mm -hmm. is the rock climbing. And we went, the first time we went, we we went rock climbing. We went with a guide, cliffhanger guides, and they were just incredible. But what's so fun about rock climbing in Joshua Tree is, so as you go through Joshua Tree, you'll notice it looks like there's rock piles everywhere. Like massive, like a giant's pebbles oh, that they stacked. Exactly. It looks like a giant's <laughs> sandbox, yeah. you know, where he just, he he made piles and created little sandcastles here and there. But what's so cool is when you rock climb on these rock piles, it's almost like a choose your own adventure and the rock piles give you the opportunity to climb at all different kinds of technical levels. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a beginner, there's routes you can take. If you're an expert, there's routes you can take almost on the same pile of rocks. Mm-hmm. And so it's incredible and it's fun and anybody can do it. And so- you don't even have to actually like rock climb like this last time we were there. So we just went last winter and we just found some piles of rocks for our kids to just scramble up. Yeah. And they loved that. We did that for hours. Yes. And so there's definitely places that you can go and just like, run free and and let your kids climb up. And we climbed up after them and just had really fun playing on these rocks and then looking down and seeing the desert full of Joshua trees. Right. So it is really fun. Yeah. It's a park that we're going to convince you of all of its its virtues Yes, because it is worth going to, but it's a perfect park to go to in the winter. And especially if you're already like, if you fly into Vegas and you're already planning on going to Death Valley, you can make a loop, mm-hmm. a pretty cool loop of going to Death Valley and then down to Joshua Tree and back. So right. I would highly recommend that. I think it's just a really good park to visit in the winter. Yes. Doom, 
Yes! Oh, I'm so excited. My hips don't lie. Oh my gosh. Feliz como una lombriz. What does that mean? Apparently it means happy as a worm. Oh, it's like is an that idiom. A <laughs> I'm happy as a worm. Happy as a worm. <laughs> That's cute. Oh, I like that one. Let's move on to park number six. Yes, this and is a fun one. This park, there's definitely a theme in this episode, which is this is basically a list of all the parks I never wanted to visit, but now I love them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because this park, number six, Everglades National Park, also was like that for me. It's a park that was never really on my radar as somewhere I really wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And we have been there how many times? Like three times in the past four years. Yeah, it's so much fun. We the, go there every winter almost. Almost every winter. And I think the first time that we went there, the main reason Ash went there was she was like, which national park am I most likely to see Ricky Martin? <laughs> and- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's kind of true. I mean, I wasn't thinking that, but listen, I love Ricky Martin. (laughs) I grew up shaking my hips to live in La Vida Loca, okay? Live in La Vida Loca. (laughs) And while we were there this last time, we found a new Ricky Martin song that I had never heard because it's in Spanish. Yep. And I don't Carlos Vives. Yeah. And now I love Carlos Vives because I love that song, Canción Bonita. Go listen to it. It's fantastic, especially if you love Ricky Martin. (laughs) Yes, it's so good. And as you drive through Miami, uh, you'll hear lots of... It's so fun. Oh, yeah. Give me some Spanish. Hola, Luisa. ¿Qué tal? ¿Qué tal? Hola, Luisa. ¿Qué tal? That's how my mom and I answer the phone when we call each other. Oh, really? Yeah. Like when, I don't know, we've just been doing it since I was a kid. Whenever my, whenever I call my mom and she answers the phone, she's like, hola, Luisa, que tal? Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird. It's like, hi, Luisa, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have an explanation for it. (laughs) That's really weird. (laughs) Okay, so I love Everglades National Park. Who knew? Who knew that you could go to a totally flat park full of a lot of water that doesn't move very fast. Yep. And see every animal that you ever have wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that's what blew me away. So we know that Everglades has alligators and crocodiles. Mm-hmm. It's very well known for that. I have not ever been someone who like really appreciates birds. Right. Until I went to Everglades and I was like, what are these? Yeah. <laughs> That's there's, cool. There's so many cool colors and so many birds. The, the feathers and the songs and everything like yeah. that. You'll just, as you drive, you'll see all these different kinds of birds walking through the tall grass or kind of swimming around. You'll see lots of pelicans and things we, like how, that. How long did we spend just watching a pelican? eat fish. We were at the pond for like an hour just watching this pelican swim around and he kept diving down and coming back up and his mouth was full of fish. Yeah. And we just watched him do that for a long, long time. Like our kids were like, wow, this is so cool. And then when you go more to the coast, then you see manatees. Yeah. Turtles. You see dolphins. Like... 
I just, I was blown away the first time we went there. I I was not expecting to see so much cool wildlife. Yeah, no, it was amazing. And granted, when we were sitting at that pond watching the pelican, I kept wishing after the first couple of fish that he ate, I kept wishing that it was going to be like Marlin and Dory where he like lodges himself, (laughs) lodges himself in the throat and the the pelican is like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, is that going to happen? No, but, but no, there's just happen. so much unique wildlife that you can find here that you won't see anywhere else in America, yeah. in, in the country. It's so cool. It really was like a safari. We talk about like Yellowstone and all of the big game wildlife that you can see in Yellowstone and how that's like the American Serengeti is what some people call it. I feel like Everglades is comparable. Yeah. I mean, as far as wildlife parks, I'm like, you see just as much wildlife in Everglades. It's just different. Right. It's different species, different things. And for me, coming from a mountain landscape and going to Everglades and then seeing all these things, it blew my mind. Yeah. It's so cool. If you want to see teeth, you go to Everglades. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you're going to see teeth. It's going to <laughs> oh be gosh. so cool. It's a cool national park. Now, the main season in Everglades is from December through kind of to the beginning of May, beginning, middle of May, before the hurricane season starts in June. Correct. So again, it's just like the perfect park to visit if you're wanting to go somewhere when it's cold at your house. Mm -hmm. You go down to Miami, drop over into Everglades, and you're wearing shorts and a t-shirt and just having the time of your life. Right. And eating Mexican food and Cuban food and Puerto oh. Rican food. Oh, and Dominican <laughs> All the good food. Stuff. It's so good. It's so good. It's, we love the Everglades. Yes. It's the best celebration of a trip to get away from the cold. <laughs> it is. So good. It is. And in fact, so last year we decided not to go to Florida. I don't know why we decided not to. It was the worst decision. It was the ever. worst decision. <laughs> it was the worst winter here we've had for a long time. And it, we just got so much snow and it was so cold for so long. And we were like, why didn't we go to Miami? <laughs> like, we, what were we thinking? So we're definitely going this year. Yes, definitely. <laughs> not going to make that mistake again. And at the same time, what's cool about Everglades, like, so you can fly into Miami, you can go to the Everglades, and then Biscayne National Park is right there. I mean, it's right there. Right. So that one's an easy one to cross off your list. At the same time, this park, Biscayne is like 95% water. Right. And so if you're going to Biscayne, there's not much you can do on land. You need to take like a boat tour. You need to go scuba diving. You need to be out on the water. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that one, if you have little, little kids, is a little bit harder. We did do some boat tours this last time we were there, and it was really fun. Yeah. And that was good with our younger kids. We haven't done any scuba diving or anything yet because our kids have to be older to do that with these tours. So we're waiting for that. But Biscayne is just right there, and it's a really good other option while you're already at Everglades. Yeah. And then the other thing is you can drop down into the Florida Keys really easily from there. I mean, you really are just right there. Drive the Keys, go out to Key West, and then take the ferry or the airplane out to Dry Tortugas, which is another amazing national park that's perfect for winter visit. Oh, yeah. The tip of Florida has so many cool national park adventures that you can do in the wintertime when your house is cold and you just want to put on shorts. And they're all three very different national parks. You'll have different experiences at each. 
And Dry Tortugas, again, was one of those parks where it's like, I mean, it looks cool, but what are we really, is it really worth going out there? <laughs> and we got there and it was like, sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> what? It was cool. This place is so cool. And it was fun. Like, it's fun to drive the keys and to be out and living the island life more <laughs> when you're down there. And oh my gosh, I ate my weight in key lime pie. Yes. While we were in that area last year. Which was so much so, fun. So, yeah, I just, it's amazing. So, the the tip of Florida, just fly into Miami, and it's the perfect place to be from, like, December through April. It's awesome. Yes. And then we're going to separate a little bit from the contiguous United States. And instead of maybe the reggaeton doom, 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 doom music, it's it's more of a... Wow. You sounded like Scuttle from Little Mermaid. <laughs> that was good. That was super Scuttle. Oh my gosh. We're heading. I mentioned island life, although this island, I do not eat my weight in key lime pie. I eat my weight in malasadas. Yes. Which are amazing. Oh, They're so good. They are so good. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. We're heading to Hawaii. Specifically, the Big Island mm -hmm. for this park number seven, one of our favorite parks to visit during the winter, and that is Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Yes, this is such a fun place, and it's always warm, so you can pretty <laughs> much visit any time of the year, but it it's easy to appreciate in the wintertime. It's a little stormier in the winter. It rains a little bit more in the winter, but the temps typically still stay around 70 to 80 degrees, so yeah. oh. no complaints from me. But yeah, Hawaii Volcanoes is a great one. It's really cool and it's the perfect getaway. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. You can split your time between doing some snorkeling, playing in the water, and then you can also go and explore the, the depths of the volcano. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I would say for us, I would time your trip a little bit more. Like you can go during the winter, but I would try to go when the volcano is actually active when it's actually doing something. Which is something we've never actually succeeded at. Well, that's not true. The first time we were there, we were there when the lava was flowing like crazy. <laughs> that's we true. We just didn't have time to go hike out to where it was flowing. And I am so disappointed by that. I know, that's and true. And then, yeah, so we're talking about Kilauea. That's the volcano that is the most active volcano in the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's always active. <laughs> But sometimes the lava lake like crusts over right. and so you can't see the lava from like the main overlooks. Right. Which is what happened to us last time. They were like, oh, yeah, it just like stopped maybe a week ago. And we're like, <laughs> you gotta freaking be kidding me. Dang it. Oh, so, um, but we have been there when it has been good. Yes. It's just been a while. Our past few attempts <laughs> were not successful. Yes. But it's a really fun national park to visit. There's some good hiking trails. You can hike through the lava tubes. We really like Kilauea Iki. That trail is really fun because oh, you're hiking through a crater of a volcano that actually <laughs> it erupted not that long ago. I know. It's kind of crazy. So when you're hiking, you kind of have to keep your head on. It's almost <laughs> like you keep your head on a swivel a little bit. You're like, all right, just got to make sure I'm ready to go. It's the fastest hiking we've ever done. Yes. We want to hike this crater, but we don't want to be in it in case it explodes. So <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. It's such a unique experience to hike on the crust of like a lava lake. 
Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. And then you've got the town of Hilo, which has a lot of waterfalls. Like that's the wet side of the island. So there's a lot of water over on that side. Got Hawaii volcanoes just kind of down from Hilo a little bit. And then you can go over to the Kona side if you want to do more like snorkeling and stuff like that. The snorkeling over there is just awesome. So for a winter vacation on the big island of Hawaii, it's perfect. Yes. Perfect. So So good. And another national park we do want to mention at the same time is also in the islands, the second national park in Hawaii, which is Haleakala. Yes, which is so cool. That's a really fun one because it's different from Hawaii volcanoes where you can hike down into some of the craters. And on this one, the scale is just so much bigger, it feels like. The scale is huge. You can walk down and you can see cinder cones kind of all around you. It's literally like you're hiking in Mordor. It's it so cool. And it just is. for a different reason, you have to keep your head on a swivel because you don't want to get caught off guard when Gollum jumps off of a rock and says, clever hobbits to climb so high. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why John's like acting all weird while he's hiking through Haleakala. Exactly. That <laughs> oh, makes so much more sense now. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to get... <laughs> Clipped by a rock. (laughs) Haleakala is on Maui. And this volcano, while not extinct, it's not like none of the volcanoes over there are really considered extinct. It's not free-flowing lava like like Hawaii volcanoes is. It's a different feeling. I mean, the volcano is resting. And there's some really cool colors. And you can hike down in there pretty far. And anyway, we love going to those national parks if we want a really nice winter getaway. I mean, we're talking, obviously, you got to put more time and effort and money into that trip probably than any of the other ones we've mentioned. Right. But it is really nice to escape to Hawaii and to hit some national parks at the same time if you're looking for a great warm winter getaway. But there's just so many options to find warm weather during the winter. We've talked all throughout the border national parks, which are so fun and so nice and warm. And then you got some where you can go to the islands. It's just, there's so much winning when you go to these places. <laughs> I mean, there's even more island parks. We haven't been to these ones, but like there's one in American Samoa. There's one in the Virgin Islands that are actually real national parks in the national park system. So if yeah. you're really looking for a getaway, that's an <laughs> option too. But yeah, like you said, I mean... Pretty much every winter, we take some sort of road trip through several of these national parks. Right. It's really fun. It's really fun for us to be able to get away from the snow and to head down and to see these parks that are in their main season. I mean, this is when it's not like we're going at some weird, obscure time. There are parks that are actually like you don't want to visit during other times of the year. Yes, exactly. I think this list is great. These are our favorites. Obviously, there are actually more that you can add in as you're road tripping. And maybe we'll touch on that. I would love to do an episode about our favorite Southwest national parks and all those. Mm -hmm. Or did we already do that episode? We did a Grand Circle episode. Oh, yeah. That's not the same because we have a a road trip that we take (laughs) and we've done this several times that takes us like all the way down to Big Bend and then you hit the parks and like... New Mexico and and stuff like that, too. So yes, there's there's some really good ones. This is not an all inclusive list, but I would say these ones are our favorite. Oh, yeah. 
These are the ones that you get to bust out your fun wardrobe again. <laughs> you get to dream a little bit. Oh, I remember the time when the sun and I used to spend so much time together. <laughs> this, this is your chance to rekindle that relationship with the sun. Yeah. So we hope you're able to go. And I just have one more thing to say, which is... Oh, my gosh. Houston, tenemos un problema. Houston, I have a problem. Oh my gosh, what else In is Espanol, on my list? so good. <laughs> Mucho gusto, como te amas, and my hips don't lie. <laughs> Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes. <laughs>